0: cardinal conversations the career podcast for the catholic university of america my name is brett leprad i'm the director of career development and professional networking for our alumni association and i am really pleased to have with me my co-host and colleague ryan cheatham
1: hi everyone i
0: am so happy that we're getting to do this finally together Mm -hmm. this is something we've kicked around for a while Yeah. And I hope that this is a nice career resource for our alumni, our students, mm-hmm. friends of the university, anybody interested in what, are, what does this particular industry look like? What are our alumni up to? Right. What are some good resources for me as I'm thinking about a career change and mm-hmm. a host of other things? So I think we've got some really fun segments planned. Yeah, uh, We'll get into some of those as we go through this, this podcast today. And we'll be expanding and adding more as we go along. So as we get more feedback from our alumni and students, mm-hmm. we're happy to serve you and provide you the resources that you need. Now, before we get into what we're actually doing in this podcast, Ryan, why don't we tell our listeners who we are and yeah. why we're doing what we're doing? So sure. Ryan, who are you?
1: Well, no, no. <laughs> um, so um I am the Associate Director of Employer Relations and Data Assessment in the Center for Academic and Career Success. Um, prior to this, this role, I've been working in higher education in total. Um, it will be 10 years next year, 2023. Wow. Um, a decade. A decade. Um, yeah. Never thought. But yeah. yeah. Ryan yeah. is the
0: expert here, just so everybody's aware.
1: No, no, no. Um, I, um, I, I truly love and enjoy what I do. Um, for the entire time, I've been working with students in various capacities. Um, I've worked. Uh, adjunct instructed, um, career coach, project management. Um, I have a bachelor's degree in music and music business, a master's nice. degree in, in entertainment business, currently working on my doctoral degree in higher educational leadership.
0: Well, we're going to have to do a segment on, uh, I'll have to read the dissertation and I'll have to pick your brain about why you said what you said.
1: Sure, sure, absolutely. Very on topic. Yeah, Definitely. Definitely. Um, Like I said, this is why I do what I do. It's my reason every morning. And um, I'm going to kick the can over to you, Brett. Oh,
0: well, uh, just to double down, Ryan is the expert. She's literally doing her PhD in career development. So uh, she's going to be our go-to, our resident expert, our main resource for lots of the questions that I'm sure our alumni and students will have and driving force behind getting good answers out of our alumni.
1: I will do my best.
0: (laughs) Uh, yeah. So I got to Catholic university in 2017 to start a PhD program in Semitic and Egyptian languages and literatures. And so, uh, yeah, it's a lot going on there. Uh, (laughs) I spend a lot of time helping alumni think through their next career step or putting on programming like career panels or networking programs or programs for, uh, executive level, uh, cardinal alumni, Uh, much Mm -hmm. like Ryan, who uh, is much further along in writing a dissertation. I'm working on that now. I spent uh, a few years working for the Bush School of Business here at Catholic University doing student career development, Mm -hmm. uh, doing some student career coaching, and then also doing some employer outreach as well. Mm -hmm. So, Uh, I think for both of us, we spend a lot of time looking at spreadsheets and numbers and names and where people have gone to work and what they're doing. And one of the things that's going to be a lot of fun about this podcast is getting to not just see those numbers and names on a computer screen, on a spreadsheet, but hearing those people tell their own stories. Yep. So. That will be the driving force of this podcast of Cardinal Conversations is the conversations we're having with Cardinal alumni.
1: Yeah, I love the stories I do. And it is so interesting to see what has taken place year to year to year. Um, but I like this side of it better. I like,
0: <laughs> well, I you're, like that, you're the performer. T- <laughs> You've true got the, the story. performance history, the entertainment <laughs> background. I mean, this is right up your alley.
1: True story. True, true. Um, but no, no, all, all, all jokes and everything aside, we are both so excited to to be here and we love what we do. Um, and uh, this is just a an additive layer that we're um, really uh, excited to bring to you.
0: Yeah, there's been a lot of people within the university who are still here who are doing amazing, wonderful things. And there's a lot of folks who have graduated from the university who are doing amazing, wonderful things. Mm -hmm. And so being able to share their stories and hearing their stories and being able to pull out wisdom and nuggets for your own career development is the goal of this podcast, would you say?
1: Yep, absolutely. Yep, you hit the nail on the head.
0: Yeah, well, I'm looking forward to doing it. Uh, The main driving force is going to be these interviews. And so I think it's probably time to go ahead and get to our first interview. Let's do it. Yeah, all right. Welcome to the conversation with the Cardinal. We are really pleased today to have with us a graduate of the class of 1973, Mr. Ron Hicks. Ron, yeah. Yeah. Ron, thanks so much for joining us today. Ron, you have quite a storied background. You've done a ton of things in your life. And I'm really grateful for you being willing to spend some time with us and talk about the good things, the hard things, the Mm -hmm. things that have made you who you are and pass on some of your wisdom to our alumni and students who will listen to this as they're thinking about their own career development. So, Ron, if you wouldn't mind, could you kick us off and maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself, just a little bit of a thumbnail sketch of your career past, your history, and maybe what you're up to now? Yeah.
2: All right. Well, I'm so happy to be talking to you guys. Uh, I was born in Washington, D.C. in 1951 in an area called Marshall Heights. Mm. It's in far southeast D.C. Okay. And believe it or not, um, it was only 15 minutes from downtown Washington, D.C., but many of the homes there did not have complete running water. Wow. And they had outhouses. There were no sidewalks and a lot of the roads were dirt, believe it or not.
0: In the 50s?
2: In the 50s. Wow, um, my goodness. It was actually called, I've been doing some research to, to the, on this because I'm trying to write some little memoir, if you will, and it was called Shantytown because most of the homes there resembled from old shanties.
1: Hmm. Wow.
2: And uh, it got so much attention that apparently President Roosevelt's Well, wife, Eleanor, took interest in it uh, because it was about to be raised, and the citizens of the area objected to that. Mm -hmm. Ms. Roosevelt heard about it and saved it. But um, so that was my entry into the the world in in that community. And I say that, I start with that because it just tells you that where you start is not necessarily where you have to end up. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was a very interesting community. Um, I went to D.C. Public Schools. Um, My high school was Anacostia High School. Okay. I played baseball and basketball for them. And from there, I got a grant to go to Catholic University under the partnership program, which we'll Mm -hmm. talk about a little bit later.
1: Uh,
2: um, Then went on to law school. Graduated law school. Went to work for uh, a union, a federal sector union that represented Department of Treasury employees it was called National Treasury Employees Union. Worked for them for a couple of years, then went to work in the government um, doing the same type of work labor relations. Mm. Uh, National Treasury Employees Union uh, represented employees who were aggrieved, who had been fired, suspended, or had other issues with management. So I used my legal skills in that capacity, but then decided I wanted to go to the other side to help. Prevent problems from happening in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like that work so much that I stayed in it for most of the rest of my career, became deputy HR director at that uh, first agency that I went to. Then went to USDA, became director of labor relations there at an agency called Food Safety and Inspection Service. Mm-hmm. And that's where I got my senior executive service uh, promotion into the top ranks of the federal government. And I had some very challenging work there. Finally retired in uh, 2012. And now I do executive coaching for a company called Novatrix, where I coach senior executives who remain in the federal government about how to be better leaders and managers.
1: Wow. Wow. That is an amazing journey um, that you've been on over time. I have a question for you this Is kind of a follow-up to that. Um, I just got off of a conference where the idea, um, of, uh, lifelong learning, um, was, a, a main topic. And in that conference, there was a lot of discussion around pivoting, um, and pivoting at different times in our, in our careers. Um, when when you talk about your life and you look back on your uh, career uh, development, um, do you have any, I guess, key memories or, or times when you pivoted?
2: <laughs> yeah. Um. Yes, I, yes, I, I do. You know, when I when I got out of law school mm-hmm. and I was trying to decide what to do, you know, you had the dreams of being Perry Mason and going into court. And, and uh, it's grandeur, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, those are those tough times. there were difficult times. There weren't a lot of jobs around. Mm-hmm. Um, I was challenged with the bar exam. Mm-hmm. And um, I could have just gone in any different direction. But I decided that this job was calling me in this other direction, a direction that I never thought I would, I would go in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it turned out to be one of the best moves that I made mm-hmm. in my life because... It just took me to heights that um, I may not otherwise have have reached. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, And and the lesson for me was that um, set your dreams to where you want to go, but always look left and right, because there might be something there that's more challenging, that's more exciting for you, that's more lucrative for you, Mm -hmm. and uh, you'd be remiss if you didn't take advantage of it. So um, that was a very pivotal moment me.
1: That's great. That's great. Thank you for sharing.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Ron, you have done just so many things and you've uh, kind of worked your way up from uh, early career to executives. And now I guess you're an executive to executives uh, in your executive coaching role that you have now. Uh, And and I I should say, because I neglected to say this at the beginning, that you're you're not just a a single graduate of Catholic University. You also did your JD here as well a little bit Mm -hmm. later. So Mm -hmm. you have the uh, esteemed uh, title of being a double Cardinal, uh, the Cardinal Cardinal, nice. Mr. Ron Hicks. I like that. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so, so one of the things that's uh, interesting to me while we're still kind of on your story is you got into the executive level of leadership and position in your career through the federal government. And so I'm wondering maybe if you could reflect a little bit on uh, what it is like to work with executives in your coaching now and how your experience in public service and leading public service administrations, uh, has shaped the way that you help people that are maybe not in public service, uh, that might be working for for for-profit companies or private industry. Does that?
2: Yeah, it's, 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 it's really interesting. Um, I I found that, you know, the, the, the federal government has a reputation for people not doing important work or not, uh, Being as as professional or what have you, as as those in the private sector, Mm -hmm. and what I've found is some of the experiences that I've had in the government. Just like every other job, you 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 make of it what you choose to make of it, what you put into it. And I found that I had some extremely challenging, high level responsibilities, and I had opportunities to like represent the 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 the, uh, United States. At a conference, in a food safety conference in Morocco, with wow. over over two hundred countries, wow! wow. Given a uh, giving a speech on risk management. Now that's a far cry from torts and property law and wills and the states where I was in law school. Huh. But yeah. but there I was before all these officials are giving this presentation. So for me, just the just the just the magnitude of the work that I did. And, and the opportunities that I had, the leadership that I was able to gain was, was fascinating. And what I found is that in that job, the, the, the executive level is a very critical level in the federal government. And it makes all the difference in the world. What type of talent you have in those jobs and how seriously people take those jobs. And you learn a lot about leadership. You learn a lot about managers and. You learn things that you don't necessarily learn in other venues. Mm-hmm. Um, I have some friends who are are great lawyers now, and we we share experiences. And you know, when I share mine, they say, "Ron, you've done some things that we haven't come close to being able to do mm-hmm. in these larger law firms because of the level of responsibility mm-hmm. that I was given." Yeah. So, so for me, um, it, it was it was I, I learned a lot about. Running organizations, I learned a lot about dealing with people. I learned a lot about how people are the ones that make organizations run. Um, it's, it's, it was just—it was quite an experience for me. So, working with executives now, I do it in large part not because of the money that I get paid to do it, but I do it. In, I want to help shape current and future leaders in the federal government because the quality of leadership that we have in the government will determine How well those services are delivered to the American public.
0: All right, Ron, Ryan, let's take some time now to do a spin on our wheel of not quite so random topics. This wheel has six options so that you know, Ron, uh, that you could land on and we'll talk a little bit about and talk about how it fits into your own development. So, first option is first job. What was the first job you ever had? Next is CEO for a day. So if you could be the CEO of any company, what would you do? Third is do-over. If you look back on your career, maybe on your time here at Catholic University, what would you do over again? Uh, How would you want things to go, if anything? Fourth is unwind. What do you do to relax? How do you take care of your mental health? What do you do if you have a family to take care of them? Fifth is I'm jealous. Which career path or maybe which celebrity or whomever in your life Are you jealous of that you would want to switch places for a day? And last one is Catholic U memory. What's their favorite thing or maybe one thing that stands out in your mind from Catholic U? All right. I'm going to go ahead and give the wheel a spin. Spinning now. Lots of fun spinning. And Ron, your spin landed on first job. So going... As far back as you want to go, whether that's first job after college or after law school or maybe even before you got to college, what was the first job that you had?
2: Well, the um, first job that I can recall, the very first job that I can recall, is being a paperboy for the Washington Post. Nice.
1: All right. Very nice.
2: It, 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 uh, and I, I think that job... Uh, it's, it's, it''s I had uh, 200 customers. Um, I, w- I had to get up at 4:30 in the morning oof, to get to get to my spot where they dumped the papers. And then I gra- I had my bag over my shoulder. I would put a certain number of papers in, in the bag and go down a certain street to as they call serve the papers. It was called serving the papers. And and uh, I'd be out for about an hour, hour and a half, rain or shine, summer or winter, and uh, and and that was my very first job. And it taught me a lot about responsibility. It taught me a lot about hanging in there because there were mornings where I wanted to just sleep. I didn't want to get up to go <laughs> because 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 I, I had to go to school for basketball practice after I served the papers. Like, get come back home and get dressed and then go to school for basketball practice before classes started. So there's a reason that, that that job sticks out to me because it kind of maybe instilled some things in me that I carry for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. So my first job was paperboy for the Washington Post.
1: And so Ron, with this career, like how did you decide, okay, I'm ready to retire now, <laughs> you know, like how did you decide this was the right time?
2: well it uh a lot of it had to do with the aches and pains in my body mm. um, you know it, it's it was you know it, it's a great question ryan and and the key is um, I wanted to be able to enjoy the fruits of my labor mm. you know a lot of people work until. Uh, it's. It's. They're. they They're not able to travel. They're not able to do things, mm-hmm. or they become ill and can't do anything. Yeah. And I watched. I learn. I'm a learner. I watch people, and I and I try and learn as best I can from them. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to make sure that I retired at a time when I could enjoy life, and enjoy all the hard work that I put into life up to that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, plus, in my jobs, I did a lot of travel. I travel all around the world. For my jobs, um, I started to travel. Uh, a month in one of my jobs, a month after my daughter was born, Ooh, wow. and I was tra- and she's 30, 31 years old. So I've been I was traveling for a lot of years, mm-hmm. and it was just time to hang it up and and, and move on and do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it plus I wanted to be near the water, I wanted to be near the beach and so on. Mm-hmm. But I put in a, a good thirty years. And I felt that it was time to turn it over to someone else and and just enjoy myself. Yeah. One of my jobs, uh, I had foreign service officers uh, working for me. Okay. The job entailed trying to open markets in different countries and protecting um, U.S. markets and um, products uh, mm. conversely. So um, my folks worked all around the world. Yeah. And I would have I would have to schedule a staff meeting uh, at a time when it wasn't too late for the guy who was stationed in China, uh, because it, it interfered with his bedtime. So we had to work those kind of logistics, which proved pretty interesting. But because I had people all over the world, and I traveled to see some of them, and I was scheduled to go to Japan, but wasn't able to go uh, for some health reasons. So, but I've, I've been I've been to quite a few places. Uh, fortunately, and pretty much every state in the United States.
0: Wow. wow. Oh, my gosh. Wow. So you're a globetrotter. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: And I never thought that would be the case. When I was when I was running the streets in Marshall Heights uh, in the early 1950s, uh, I never thought in, in my wildest dreams that I would be fortunate enough to either do that or, or, or desire to do it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. When, your, when your world is small, you gotta keep it small. Yeah. But, uh, whatever reason in my DNA was trying some new things and different things and taking some chances. And so, yeah, so I, I've been, I, I've traveled quite a bit, which is, which is one reason why when I turned 61, I said to myself, it's, it's time to hang it up and slow down a little bit because I, I was traveling up until the last moment. So,
1: yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Ron, um, and working with um, professionals that are executives, you know, all the way down to helping their teams, um, what would you say um, are those behavioral-based transferable skills that are just um, golden?
2: Um, that's a great question. Um, I, I think there are certain things that are must. I think everything is about relationships, mm-hmm. um, literally everything. When I say that to people, people look at me like I'm crazy. But the ability to work with people, either above you, beside you, or below you, is vital. Um, Having patience with people, understanding, listening to people is another quality that's so vitally important. Because in in their words, you understand, you step back and you hear what the issues really are. You no, know, I should do um, negotiate collective bargaining agreements in some of my jobs. And it's so funny that oftentimes people would be at odds with each other, um, fighting, and come to a deadlock when they really weren't at odds with each other because they just weren't listening. Mm-hmm. One person wanted A, the other person wanted B. And if they just sat back and listened to each other for a second, they realized that, hey, you know, I'm finally giving you A as long as you give me B. Mm-hmm. Negotiation is over, yeah. so I think I think listening is a is a is a very critical piece. Mm-hmm. The ability to communicate mm-hmm. is is extremely uh, important in terms of getting your words across properly to make sure people understand you is a vitally important thing. Um, uh, patience, I think patience is extremely extremely you know, you know all is all the soft skills. What they call the soft skills?
1: Yeah, <laughs> they're,
2: they're really they're really hard skills. I mean, you can you can learn the, the technical work if, if you if you study enough and work hard enough, you can learn the technical pieces. But putting a team together, putting a group of people together to work, move in a common direction, is a very very hard thing to do. Yeah. Uh, appreciating the, your your employees um, is 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 vitally important to do because they're the ones that will take you. Wherever the, the organization is going to go, so you know those those are some of the qualities: listening, effective communication, building strong relationships, being flexible. You know, if 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 it's not going right in a certain direction, take a step back and look at why it's not, and be prepared maybe to to alter the route a little bit to get to where you want to go. Um, that's another quality that I think is vitally important. I found that that helped me as much in my personal and, pro- and professional life as anything mm-hmm. being flexible i'm, I'm speaking speaking straight from the heart um you know you, you get you get a lot of things thrown at you get a lot of curves thrown at you and a lot of disappointments but resilience is just so important and what i realized is that you know sooner or later it all comes around um and just be ready to ride that wave when it, when it when it hits and so being resilient is just extremely important.
0: important. Yeah.
2: So, yeah, so the, 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 it got me this far. I got this far with the, the, the things I'm saying right now is what got me uh, very, very far. You know, of course, I was smart enough to, to learn things, but there are a lot of smart people out there. You know, there, there are a lot of people who can quote reams and reams of books, but, you know, how they how they manage the solve skills. Will determine more so than anything else how effectively uh, their careers will be uh, managed mm-hmm. and how successful they'll be. But if you put me in a group of people and try and get ten people to work together and become a team and and focus on a common agenda to work, then that's me. You know. So mm-hmm. so we all have certain kinds of skill sets, and, and go where your skill sets take you and and, 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 and you'll, you'll, you'll have the best success because you're doing somewhat what you've been made to do, what you were born to do. Yeah. We're all born with different skill sets. So it's important, if you can, to try and figure those out as, as best you can and, and create the work around that.
0: Well, Ron, thank you so much for sharing your story, your career journey, and we're going to continue with that a little bit in our next segment, Blast from the Past. So everybody stay tuned for that. All right, Ron, it's... uh... One of my favorite things that I get to do personally is to dig through the university archives for our Blast from the Past segment. So this is where we go back and we do some digging um, and try to find some things that were happening at Catholic University and particularly about careers, if we can find something relevant, uh, during the time in which our guests were students here. So for you, you're a class of 1973. So of course, I'm looking at yearbooks from 1969 to 73 and trying to find Where's Ron Hicks? It's like a, a game of Where's Waldo, oh, trying yeah. to look and find. I think I found you. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is you, oh, yeah. number ten for the Catholic University basketball team going in the it. 1973 yearbook. Yeah, mm-hmm. going up. What looks to be a dunk, Ron? Are you going up for a dunk in this picture?
2: Uh, not even close. <laughs> um, no, after, after it was close, uh, but it, it looks not, close. It wasn't. It wasn't a dunk, uh, but. You know, someone asked me. Uh, I'll be, I'm, I'm happy to say that it was a dunk, but no, it, 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 was, it was a it was a layup where I was close. I took a running start. I got pretty high to the basket. I may even have touched the rim with the ball. And uh, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's one of my more memorable uh, photos of me playing basketball. But no, it was not a dunk.
1: Yeah, it looks intense though. Yeah. Like dunk. Picked- Good, good game. It's an. Yeah. Well, I was
2: in, I was
0: intense. It was in,
2: it was intense. But, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I did bring intensity, but I did not bring dunks.
0: <laughs> well, you, the tube socks you're wearing are intense enough uh, oh as well. God. So that's. <laughs> it's such a it's such a far
2: cry. I mean, they were up to my knees.
0: <laughs> yeah, almost. yeah, they are.
2: If you have to know, you normally had two pairs of socks on because you had to double up for some reason. You know, it was just crazy. Yeah. Different, oh, wow. different times, different times.
0: Yeah. Well, well, I know this is an audio medium, so we'll link to this in the show description mm-hmm. uh, on iTunes or Spotify, wherever you're listening. You can click on that and see the image we're talking about. And I'll also link right. to the this article that we're actually going to talk about. Uh, Ron, you were part of the inaugural partnership program uh, right. for D.C. students to enroll in universities across the district. Uh, that started with the incoming class of, uh, 69, uh, who would eventually be the graduating class of 73. And I was doing some digging, trying to find some more information about the partnership program, because the first class you guys are coming up on your, as the time of recording this, you're coming up on your 50th graduation, uh, year, which is, I mean, I'm sure to you that is just incredible. It's incredible Mm -hmm. to me, um, And so I want to share just a little bit from this article that I found from an issue of The Tower, which was the university student newspaper from September of 1969. So you would have been a brand new, newly minted first year student here at Catholic University when this came out. Couldn't have been more than just a few weeks uh, into your time here when it came out. Um, So I'm going to read some excerpts just to make sure everybody is on the same page and Uh, We can talk about it uh, together and see what your reflections are on this time. So, 36 D.C. students are enrolled in the university with the academic aid of the new partnership program. Of this number, 30 students are receiving financial aid. At the spring meeting of the Board of Trustees, so this would have been spring 1969, 30 half-tuition scholarships were approved to begin the financing of the partnership program. And so you were one of those 36 students that joined Catholic University in 69 based on this partnership program. Uh, and I know that uh, if folks are interested, you can do some more digging on the University Archives website and you can do some searching. Just wondering, you know, this is an interesting but I think underpublicized part of the university's history. Can you just reflect on what that was like for you? Uh, who was running the program? How did you get involved? And then maybe we can go from there.
2: Sure, uh, happy to do it. Um, it was run by uh, uh, two two gentlemen, uh, Leon Lebuff, who was a grad student at Catholic University at the time. He I think he even worked for the Tower or wrote for the Tower, and Thaddeus Aubrey, also a grad student at the time. Um, they became the directors or the heads of the of the program, and it was a great program that most folks today or over the years really didn't know much about. It 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 created opportunities for those 35 students who otherwise probably would not have had a chance to go to college or at least not college or university of the stature of Catholic university. Mm -hmm. Most of us were, uh, and our first ones in our family, first generation um, college students. Um, We we, we bonded together very closely. uh, and, and, and had a, a, a decent experience there. It was, it, was a, it was a year after Martin Luther King was assassinated mm-hmm. and there was a lot of things going on in the country, mm-hmm. a lot of turbulence. Um, and we, we, uh, we, we had a need to bond together at Catholic University because it wasn't at the time, it, it, it was a microcosm of, of the rest of the country. You know, there were a lot of things going on, social ills uh, discrimination, racism, things of that sort, mm-hmm. and some of that was mirrored on the on, on the campus. Um, some folks felt that we didn't belong there or shouldn't be there, or mm-hmm. many folks had not had much experience with exposure to uh, black folks mm-hmm. um, at all, and that came out and somehow some of us uh, navigated those uh, three or four years. Mm-hmm. It was it was a it was a some, some difficult days at times, and we, we didn't always feel welcome. We didn't always feel wanted mm-hmm. or loved, mm-hmm. but uh, we, we made it through because we were a strong group of, of, of students that were committed to each other and banded together to help support each other. But it was a very trying time during those years. But the great part about it is that we all knew while we were there, mm-hmm. we were there to take advantage of an education that we otherwise likely would not have gotten so we worked hard, we buckled down, and we were all grateful for the opportunity, but it, it did it did leave some wounds and some scars because it was a it was a tough campus to be on. Mm-hmm. I think at the time there was about 3,500 undergrad population and when we got there there were seven black students, seven or eight black students. Wow. So the the university really was not prepared for this larger influx black students. Mm-hmm. It really wasn't. Um, and how we all felt during those years there reflects that. So it was a, it was an interesting time. So it was good and bad. Good news is that we all got an opportunity to get a great degree, mm-hmm. a great education and all of that. And we're thankful to all the corporations and, and the university that made the decision to support and help us but there were some difficult times getting through it for a lot of us yeah
1: mm, yeah, yeah. And i, I want to thank you for for sharing um sharing that experience with us um in that um you know we have students here that come from all different backgrounds um and um you know the the amount of grit and perseverance you know that it takes um, to be able to go after your dreams um, and uh, pursue uh, your goals Uh, it's so important like you said to to have those like-minded individuals around you to hold you up especially during those times where it gets really difficult Um, and difficult is a a a light term for it Mm.
2: no it, it it gets it gets very difficult but what it does is that it prepares you for, for life, because life is difficult, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. for 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 most of us. And the wonderful thing, that, that, the one of the things that we, that, that our class of 73, we get together and we talk from time to time mm-hmm. is that we're just so proud of how we all ended up. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have people who are mostly retired now, but we have lawyers, you know, we have U.S. attorneys, we have uh, people who headed up speech pathology departments, you mm. have senior executives in the government, you have fundraisers for large corporations. We have people that really did have succeeded mm-hmm. very well um, over the course of their of their careers. And, and, and the message in there is that um, it may be hard, it may start out hard, but as you know, best you can fight through it. Mm-hmm. And, and through those experiences of fighting through it, it takes you to a place that maybe you thought you'd never would get to. Yeah. But um, so it's, it's a, I mean, that's a lesson in there for us. And I think it, all of those students that I came in with would probably say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Just stick with it and fight through it. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have obstacles thrown at you, but keep at it. But partnership program was a real opportunity for us that we uh, all took advantage of as best we could.
1: Thank you for that blast from the past.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Ron. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks for taking that stroll down memory lane with us. And I'm sure folks, if you're interested in learning more about the partnership program, we'll link in the show description to that, to a panel that occurred earlier in 2022 talking about uh, the significance of and a little bit to what Ron was alluding to for what people have been up to since they were students here at the university through the partnership program. Uh, It is one of those things that the more that I learn about it, Uh, It just it's a reflection of its time in a lot of ways with how it was received on campus. Uh, Many positive things, but there were also many negative things people had to say for good reasons and bad reasons. And then at the end of the day, the people that came out of it, uh, Ron, you amongst them, uh, have just been doing amazing things. So uh,
2: I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. I I think it's a great story, guys. And it's one that I wish the university would tell more um, and, and highlight more because it is a great story. To 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 have started a program, um, it's it's a it's a great story to tell. It's one that universities should be proud of. Uh, but unfortunately, you know most folks really don't know about the program.
0: Yeah. Well, our listeners now know about it, and they're yeah. they're charged with finding out more Thank and doing you. their own research and mm-hmm. digging up.
2: Fantastic. Fantastic. Right. fantastic.
1: Okay. Well that's all that we have for you today. I hope that you have enjoyed uh, this podcast, Cardinal Conversations. We are looking forward to the next time we can bring another journey to you. Um, And uh, we're also just very excited to be able to connect with the Catholic U community. Uh, Please make sure uh, if you haven't already, you take the time to do a little bit of digging, do a little bit of research and figure out how you can get involved. Right, Brett?
0: Yeah. Getting people involved is the name of the Game And you can do that in myriad ways. Uh, You can look at the show description. Uh, If you look at your podcast app or Spotify app, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can find some links that are relevant to things that we've talked about and things that are relevant to the university now. Just as we're wrapping up, I'll highlight some things for us. If you haven't yet done it, please join Cardinal Connect at cardinalconnect.catholic.edu. It's the university's new digital networking platform to get all Cardinals, whether current students, faculty, staff or alumni connected to one another to promote the career development and advancement of all Cardinals. And the second thing, you can, of course, support Catholic University by going to engage.catholic.edu. We're in the middle of the Light the Way campaign, and any support that you can provide there is much appreciated and will go a long way towards advancing the mission of the university and promoting its reputation across the country. Ryan, this has been a blast.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Yeah. uh,
0: there's so many more good things in store, and I cannot wait to find out more stories of alumni.
1: Let's do it. Let's do it. Until next time.
0: All right. Until next time.